Hi, this is Pastor Rick, back on demand with you again. It's wonderful, and we talked today about a man who messed up. I mean, messed up everything. Lost everything, lost his footing, and was demoted. Put into a position of life he never dreamed he'd be in. But now he's there. How do you deal with those times when your life is messed up and you didn't? How do you know what to do? How do you turn everything around? Well, watch the story and watch it transform your life. If you've got a friend who's messed up, who's frustrated and given up, watch this sermon with him and encourage that person. This is a good message that will help you. Enjoy the message. Be right back when it's over. Stay with me. Repeat the top with me, please. Say, deciding to investigate the flame. This is a story today about a man in Exodus chapter 3 named Moses who had what I call a healthy curiosity. And he shows us in this study the power of that. Some people are not curious. Some people are not wondering what it's like to be on the other side of broke. It's nice. It's nice to, to have enough to buy a full tank of gas. It's nice to be able to give to somebody. It's nice. I face challenges, and I think that comes with every level of income. It comes with every level. There's no escaping challenge, economic challenges, whether you need another million or whether you need another 10000 or whatever you need, $100. At every level, there are challenges. And so I'm not saying you get away from challenge. What I'm saying is it's, it's nice to move forward. Can we say amen to that? Come on, say it's nice. Come on, say it again. Come on, say it's nice to move forward. It's nice. It's nice to not argue. It's nice to live in the house and just not fuss. It's just nice to go on a vacation and we all get along the whole time from the top to the bottom. It's nice to be able to pick and choose. It's nice. But I, 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 I think some of us aren't really curious about that. We've accepted where we are. We've accepted our, 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 our state in life, and, and we're not really in a place where God can advance us. In Exodus 3, though, there's a guy named Moses who's in that place. And you can tell by his response. Let me show you the story. Exodus 3, 1 says this. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert. And came to Horeb, the mountain of God, and an angel of the Lord appeared to him in the flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was, what was it doing? Burning with fire. But, but, here's the miracle, the bush was not consumed. The bush burning is not new. They'd seen many fires, but what caught his attention was this bush is still burning. So he stood there for a while, looked at it, and thought, hmm, fire, and then, hmm, still a fire, hmm. How long is this bush going to burn? So it's, that's what drew him in, verse 3. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight. What great sight? Why the bush does not burn? Why is this bush still on fire? Why is it still alive? Why? That is the question. You want to impress people? Last for a while. People ask me sometimes, say, are you still preaching? Are you still? <laughs> so Moses, 
when he heard, when, when he, he said, he turned aside to see, verse 4, so when the Lord saw, when the Lord saw, when the Lord saw that he was curious, when the Lord saw that he turned aside, then he spoke to him. God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, here I am. Then he said, do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off of your feet, sir, for the place where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father. I love that, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. I want, oh, I pray that when God speaks to my kids, he said, I am the God of your father, Ricky Temple Sr. <clears throat> Jesus, have mercy. It's, it's, it's amazing how God identified himself. I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. There's a, there's a moment in this story where I am touched because I'm, I'm impressed with the curiosity of Moses. It, 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 it moves me to see a guy want to know. I, I, do you want to know? And that is a big question today. Are you curious enough? Do you have any passion to get on the other side of this, whatever this is for you? This guy is standing there and he sees something. He goes, he investigates. And let me tell you, this is the turning point in his life. He's gone through a lot of hardship. You see, this was the guy who lived from, from a baby. His, his life was tough. Pharaoh was killing all the babies. <clears throat> and um, his mother put him in the river. She decided, no one's going to kill my baby. I'll just do it myself. And she put him in the river. And as he was floating up the river, <clears throat> Pharaoh's daughter saw a little baby. And she said, go get that baby. And she looked at Moses, which means drawn out. That's what his name means. And she fell in love with him and called her, his mother and said, would you do me a favor and take care of this baby? Tell your neighbor, say, what a job. He grows up in Pharaoh's house, feels excited about his life, and then one day he sees a Hebrew guy beating up an Israeli, and he jumps on him, kills him, and ends up running for his life and ends up in Midian with a story you can't tell. Where are you from? Where'd you grow up? Where your family? It's, it's, it's one of those stories you can't tell. And so now he's standing there in the middle of a desert, and he's 80 years old. How old is he? Mm -hmm. How old are you? Don't say. You think you're old. Washed up, done. No dream, no vision. You love talking about how old you are. Well, he's 80 years old, about to be launched into a new mission. 80 years old, still out there working. Here's what I love about it. The three things I want you to see. And I'm going to give you three basic things. I think it's two, three, four things here. Yeah, four. Here we go. Repeat them with me, please. The day of discovery. The day of challenge the day of confrontation, and the day of harvest. Moses is going to discover some things here that are amazing. The first thing is Moses was using, watch this now, the gift he currently had, not the one he dreamed of having. He's not living his dream right now. He's, he has a job he doesn't like necessarily, but he's settled into it. This is a guy who grew up in the palace. This is a guy who's only known wealth. 
But for the last 40 years, he's had to adjust himself. Have you ever had to do that? You don't have the job you wanted. You don't have the life you wanted. You don't have the income you wanted, but you have to learn how to manage what you have. I love the fact that this is a guy who's using the gift he currently has. And there's no mention of him complaining or mourning or acting as if he was somehow a victim. He just took what he had. Like maybe you should consider the house you have, the life you have, the in- what you have now in your hand. Use it. I was talking to a guy the other day. He really touched me. He really did because he has, he has eight kids. Why are you moaning, people? What in the world is that about? He's happy. And his income, I won't even say what it is, is embarrassingly low. For a guy, in my opinion, with eight kids, they qualify for poverty, for sure. And in the middle of this challenge, he and his wife are climbing their way out of this, and they are ecstatic. They're happy. They found a way to go on vacation. I thought, gee, did you go, where'd you go, around the corner? What'd you do? What? But they work it out, and I thought to myself, here's a guy using what he has, and he's building. He's building a dream. I love it. He inspires me. And I I think there's something about watching Moses use the gift he had, shepherding, chasing sheep. Now, I was in Israel, and I saw a shepherd, and I thought, that was Moses' job. Wow, not impressive. Hot, but this is where God will meet him. Let me tell you something. God will meet you where you are, not where you dream to be. You can be frustrated all day long and miss God. This is a guy who could have said this day, I'm not going out there and hang with them old dumb sheep. I'm not, I'm, I, he could, he could, but he would have missed it. Go to work and God will show up there, I promise. There's something about this. And he's curious when he's there. His curiosity, his presence on the job, and his willing to stand in a place that he didn't even know was a holy place. Sometimes God's trying to guide you to a place where he can speak to you. This is all a setup. This is all designed to get Moses to embrace a new challenge. Look at chapter 3, verse 9. Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel, this is what God tells him, has come to me. And I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Now I'm telling you right now, Moses is standing there and Bush is talking to you. You're quiet. Shoes off. Bow down. And in your heart, he's singing your song. Here's what he's saying. Moses, the children of Israel have come up before me. You can hear Moses saying, hey man, I'm glad somebody's thinking about them. They're in a bad place. I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. You can hear Moses saying, that's right. Our oppressors are still in power. I mean, mean, you know, this is like his song. He's like with it. But watch verse 10. It changes. Come now, therefore, and I will send you. Pause that and preach it. What? I'm going to send you to Pharaoh. You mean the man that's trying to kill me? The one that I'm running from? The man you mean want me to go where? To Pharaoh. The guy watching the sheep. That'll make you lift your head a little bit. This is not going well. That you may bring my people. Okay, three three million people. You want me to go 
and three million people are going to follow me and my sheep. What, what is this plan, right? I want you to go bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Okay, first of all, that's logistically challenging. Um, I mean, this, this is like where it goes south. Have you ever had a complaint you don't want to fix? You ever had a problem you saw and you like talking about it? You like amening it, but you don't want to do anything? You like talking about young people, but you're not mentoring any of them yourself? You like talking about what's going on in the society, but you're not a part of, of, of the solution at all? This is a guy now who's being challenged. Oh, boy. Here's what he says. Verse 11. Who am I? That's a great question. That I may go to Pharaoh. Okay, so what I'm going to do, walk up to the gate. Hey, I want to talk to Pharaoh. Really? Somebody may recognize me. Aren't you Moses? We've been looking for you for a long time. <laughs> I mean, this is really a moment for him. I, who am I? Verse 12, he said, I will certainly be with you. I'll go with you. Oh, that's, that's easy. As the burning bush or what? Let's take the bush with <laughs> I mean, this is, I want you to be Moses for a minute. This is really powerful. Now, I'm not going to read the rest of it. Read the rest on your own. You know, he goes through all these signs and stuff, and, and finally Moses decides to go. He decides to go. He catches fire, and he's passionate about going. He caught the vision. That's good. We're glad he's wanting to go now. Man, this is good. But there's a problem. There's going to be a confrontation. Here's why. A confrontation is going to happen because even though he's on fire, he's ignoring something. He's trying to go around something. So you can catch fire. God can really ignite a flame in you. But he already knows what you and he knows. Nobody else knows it, but he knows it and you know it. You know, there's the thing. You're, you're really excited about working for God. You're really excited, but there is the thing. That's kind of in the way. You see, Moses was supposed to, according to Genesis 17, circumcise all of his children. He had not circumcised his two sons. And he knew it. And obviously his wife disagreed with him. And she politely must have said something kind of like this. Uh, you're not cutting my babies. We Midianites do not cut our children eight days after birth. So Moses knew this and so after seeing the flame, talking to God, getting the call, going to Pharaoh, I'm going to do this thing on fire for God. But I, didn't, I hadn't circumcised my child yet. I know that's right part of the covenant because it was like God's way of saying, I want you to cut away the old. And I want, I want to remind you for the rest of your life that you're in covenant with God in your most intimate moments. Several times a day, men, you will, as the leaders of your household, be reminded that you're in covenant with God. He marked the man, I want you to know. And she said, no, obviously. And so he's trying to go without dealing with the baggage. Is that you? Trying to be used of God, trying to get things going, trying to get the blessings of God in your life, but there is the baggage. The unresolved issue. And so there's a confrontation with God about this. I want you to listen carefully. This is often overlooked in Moses' story, Exodus chapter 4, verse 24. And it came to pass on the way, on the way at the encampment, that the Lord met him and sought to do what? Kill him. How does God seek to kill? I don't know. It didn't describe the killing. 
I don't know if he knocked him down. I don't know if Angel was standing over him with his, I don't know. I don't know. But I, he knew and she knew he's about to die. Here's how you know. Look at verse 25. Then Zipporah, the wife, took a sharp stone. Now watch this girl. And cut off the foreskin of her son. And, don't use your imagination. And, and cast it at Moses' feet. She, she says, okay. I, and then these boys are of size. She's special. <laughs> Come here, boy. Whack, whack. I'm sure they're screaming, whack, whack. <laughs> so she whacks and she doesn't apologize. She's taking charge of the moment and she takes the foreskin and throws it at Moses and says, you are a man of blood to me. You are a man of blood. Said it twice. Girls got, everybody say attitude. Oh, yes. Zipporah is amazing. As a matter of fact, let me tell you a story. I always say this when I get to this part of the story. I think it's really important. People miss this. You don't hear about her again until Exodus, after they get to the promised land, on the way out of, of Egypt, because Moses sent her back to her daddy. His children missed all the miracles. <laughs> they did. And here's what I say. Your kids will miss miracles if you're in strife. And if you're the source of strife, God will move beyond you. Let me say it again. God will move beyond you. God moved beyond her. This was her. She was the one. Moses, though, made a mistake of not dealing with this before he tried to go represent God. I see it all the time. Do you think he doesn't know? You know, and he knows. I don't know. I'm the dumbest one in here. You know, though. You know exactly what it is in your life that's in the way. You're supposed to be in covenant with God. But God is calling you. <laughs> He's trying to get your attention. Focus with me, people. Stay with the brother. There are moments in your life when you know you are not dealing with the issue. Do I need to name it? Why do I need to name it? In my early preacher days, I was a sin cop. I used to go around trying to find your sins. Man, please. I do not have time emotionally to deal with all of that. The big deal is for you to not wait until God has to judge you. But here's what God told him. Oh, you're not going to represent me with that in your family. I will not, I will stop you. You don't have to worry about Pharaoh. You need to be scared of me. You think I'm scared of y'all? Nah. I'll just run out the door. You think I'm scared of, I'm scared of dying? Nah, I'm scared of him. He's more creative than dying could ever be. He's more creative than you. It's more than losing a job. It's losing my walk with God, God's hand on my life. So here comes the day of harvest. You ready? Numbers 20 is an interesting stage because there's a whole other stage of his life. He takes them out of Egypt. He leads them out of Egypt. They get out. Now he's in, he's, he's in, in the wilderness with these folks, and they're complaining all the time. They're, murm they're murmuring. They're complaining. And M Moses has a tendency, had a tendency to always leave one bad thing on the table. 
Just one. And it was, in this case, in Numbers 20, his temper. So here's a guy who was on fire, right? Here's a guy who was passionate, but he wouldn't deal with stuff. And here's a guy who was on fire, but he still now has a problem with temperament. He just gets mad fast. He has patience. He's, you know, proven to be, the Bible even says he's the meekest man on the earth. I mean, he's really a nice guy. This is not, this is not a bad guy. He just has explosive moments. You know what I'm saying? Like that. See? you nervous, right? All of a sudden, out of nowhere. So watch what happens. Lord spoke to Moses. They come to Moses, right? And they said, Moses, we don't have any water. You're trying to drown. You're trying to kill us. We're dying of thirst. Moses goes, you know what? I'm really tired. He prays, goes to God. This is good. He goes to God, right? This is in Numbers chapter 20. Read the whole chapter. He goes to God, which is good. You're mad, you go to God, right? Okay. The Lord spoke to Moses. Here's what you do, Moses. Verse 8. Take the rod and your brother Aaron. Gather the congregation together. Speak to the rock. What did he tell them to do? Before their eyes and out and, and it will your water. Thus you shall bring water for them out of the rock and give drink to the congregation. That's all you need to do. So Moses took the rod. That's good. From before the Lord has God commanded him. Doing good so far. Verse 10. And Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock. And he said to them. He went off script. Here now you rebels. Must we bring water for you out of this rock? Then Moses lifted up his hand and he struck the rock. Not once. Twice. And water came out. That's good. That's nice. But look at verse 12. The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, and here's a harvest moment. Because you did not believe. Read that with me, please. Come on. Pause right there. Pause right there. Because you did not believe. Because you did not believe. This is going to... Here's, here's, here's what's important. Moses, you are the guy who went up and got the Ten Commandments. You're the guy. You're the guy. You're the guy. You're the guy. Open the Red Sea, you're the guy. You're the guy. But somehow, because you think you're special, just like the time you tried to come with, without circumcising your kids, you thought your family got a pass, you thought you got a pass, you have a tendency, sir, to, to, just because I've elevated you and given you this position, you have a tendency not to believe it applies to you. You believe this is Okay. You're not careful. There's a lot of things we don't believe. Man, I say this. I'm not picking on anybody. I'm just making some points. Okay? Just hang with me. I'm almost done. I'm going to let you out of here. I promise. I want you to go home. You believe smoking will never hurt you. You believe that. You believe you can fight and fuss and your marriage will never end. You believe you can stay in this tight spot and not take care of yourself. Ignore your doctor's guidance. You, you, you think you can not take your medicine when you know you have high blood pressure. You think you cannot exercise. You believe that that's okay. You have a pass. You believe it's okay to live like this. You believe it's okay. You believe it's okay to be dishonest. You believe it's okay to lie. You believe it's okay. You believe. Moses believed somehow he was okay. He could just erupt on people, embarrass God, embarrass the, the, what the, the job he represented, and he never lose his job. I'm Moses. I was opened up to see, you know, Moses. Right. He killed the Egyptian when he was 40. And now he's 100 years old, smoking a rock. Still mad. Still mad. I was downtown the other day. Guy was behind me. And he was old, but he was cussing 
up a professional storm behind me. God, he was cussing. Kung Fu Cussa. I didn't turn around because he go, oh, hey, Pastor Rick, I didn't do that. I said, oh, keep cussing. <laughs> words I can't even give you the abbreviation for. They were all super bad words. I don't take no, and I'm telling now, and I'm, I can't hardly move. I'm like, oh, it's okay. About to fall down in the street, cussing like that. Too old for this. Too old to be cussing your grandkids out. You're too old to be talking about you're going to beat somebody down. You're too old. You stop this. you Moses or Mosina, one of them. You know I'm telling the truth. You need to stop this. Everybody say, preach. preach. Talk to me, somebody. All right, verse 12. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, because you did not believe me to hollow, big word, hollow would be that name, right? Make me sacred. Because you didn't make me sacred in the eyes of the children of Israel. Therefore, you, you shall not bring the assembly, this assembly, into the land which I have given them. You're not going in. Here's what Moses did. Put out his own flame. Are you doing that in your life? He was on fire, but then he put out his own flame. And he had to watch others go to the promised land. Now, this is not in your notes. Ready? Deuteronomy chapter 3. Write this down. Deuteronomy 3. 3 and 23. Here's, here's Moses talking to the second generation. He says, you know, guys, you know, I know I, I got lost my temper. So he pleaded with the Lord at that time. Verse 23. And he came, to the, he came, he said, oh, Lord, you have give, begun to show your servant your greatness and your mighty hand. For what God is there in heaven or on earth who can do anything you, like you, oh, God? Your works and your mighty deeds. Ah, oh, they're amazing, I pray. Let me go in. Let me cross over to the good land, please. Let me go in. Verse 26 of Deuteronomy chapter 3 is a unique verse. I've never seen one like it in the Bible. I've never in all of my studies heard God say it like this. Here's what he said. But the Lord was angry with me. Listen to how he says it. On your account. He was still mad with me because of you folks. Watch this now. Isn't that amazing? And would not, God would not listen to me. So the Lord said to me, enough of that. Speak no more to me of that matter. In other words, don't ask me again. Don't ask me again. Here's the answer. No. Lift up your eyes. You can see with your eyes, but you're not going in. This is a moment where you see something happen that's amazing. If you're not careful, if you're not careful, you put out your own flame. You set your own self up for challenges that you don't have to have. And really, my friend, it's all because you have lost your way. Maybe you are curious. That's good. This is a guy who started off with curiosity and the right passion, but he lost his way. He was loved by God, but he was not allowed to go in that direction. You are loved by God, but I want you to learn from Moses' life. Whenever I'm tempted to be out of control, I always say, remember Moses. When the people around me are tempted to be out of control, I say to them, remember Moses. This is a reminder that you don't get a pass, that I don't get a pass, that we don't get a pass as a church. We need to follow this lesson. Be curious, be hungry, be on fire, but don't, let you, don't, don't you be the reason your flame goes out. Did I help you today? I hope so. Let's all stand, shall we? Stand on your feet with me. This is the day, Lord, you've made. We rejoice and we're glad in it. 
We pray for those who are in this, hall, in this building and those who are home, those who are watching on demand, wherever they are, we pray the blessings of God upon them. We pray you light a flame in us and let us catch fire, let us burn with passion, let us have a desire, but in the middle of that, let us not forget our responsibilities. I thank you, Lord God, for the power of tenacity, the power of pressing forward. Next week, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the power of how a person can take their life and they can reignite the flame and be tenacious in the midst of a bad moment. We can be strong. We don't have to fall into the trap of surrender. You can light a new flame in us. And I pray, Lord God, that you would light a flame in the hearts of those who hear this series. And that they would leave this time and say, God, I want you to reignite my heart. I want to be curious. I want to be on fire. And I want to be in control. I want you to help me rein in my words, rein in my anger. I don't need to be the angriest guy on this job. I don't need to be the angriest person in this church. I don't need to be the person who's always a source of frustration. I want you to do something in me that gives me life and joy. That's what you said you came to do. And so, Father, I thank you for all those who've come today. If there's someone here that doesn't know you as Savior, let this be the moment that they say, Jesus, I want you in my life. My walk with God is not where it needs to be, and I know, you know, there's no need to pretend. And I want prayer, Pastor, because I want a change. If you're here today with every head bowed, every eye closed, and you say, my walk with God is not where it needs to be. God knows, and I know, and whoever else, Lord God, in here knows. I pray the Holy Spirit would bring healing to them. If you're here today, and that's you, you know and God knows you're not walking with him. Raise your hand so I can pray for you. So you can leave this place and say, I'm different. I see one, I see two, I see three, I see four, I see more. Thank you. Father, I pray for these who raise their hands, some at home, some in this building, some on demand, wherever they are. Heal their hearts today. Let this be the beginning of a new life for them. You died on the cross to set them free. I give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen. I pray this message lifted your spirit and gave you a vision about what life can become. Just because life turned all the way down doesn't mean God can't turn it all the way up for you. Your life can be better today. And I believe you can learn from your mistakes. You can rise like Moses did from his mistakes and become a different person. Have a new beginning, a new opportunity, and see everything in your life turn in a better direction. So let me pray for you. Father, I pray in Jesus' name for those who've messed up. I pray they'd get up and rise up and believe that God's hands on their life and that God can give them a new vision, a better opportunity than anything they've ever seen in their life. They can go from losing everything to having everything. They can go from having less to having more. And so I declare that in their life in Jesus' name. Hey, listen, it's been great to have you. I hope I see you next time right here in person, right here on demand, or I hope I can see you in person at our church sometime. We'd love to have you. God bless you. See you next time. Have a great day. Bye-bye.